New on Curiosity Stream. Grab your lab goggles. We're out to find the world's coolest, loudest, and most in-your-face experiments. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. See how hands-on science can change our everyday lives on oddly satisfying science. Plus, from goats to guard dogs, hear surprising stories about the creatures that brought humanity to the next level. It's animals that changed history. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are twenty dollars, just a dollar sixty-seven a month. Visit curiositystream.com. So this was five years ago, when I was nine at the time. At the moment, I'm fourteen. Story: I live in the UK in a decently safe town on the outskirts of London. So one day, I was walking home from school with my mate. He's at his house, which is about a five-minute walk away from my house. When I see a yellow van, I take notice of this and keep walking. Then, about thirty seconds or so, I see the same van drive around a roundabout and follow me slowly. I take no notice of it again, which is a stupid idea. But I was nine, so I'm stupid now, even dumber then. When I see one man get out with a burlap sack, I think it's just a guy on his way to work. He was in a high-vis jacket, so it looked like a bin man or builder. When I get to the end of the road, I see that the man is following me, and the van is close behind him, and that's when I hear it. Hey, kid, you dropped something. I turned around to see my books had fallen out of my bag. It was an old bag and was falling apart. I remember going up to the guy, getting my books, and smelling a strong smell of alcohol and smoke. It was a stench I will never forget. It makes me physically sick thinking about it. But after the books fell and I'd picked them up, I tried to walk away. When he grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and tried to put the bag on me, and his friend got out of the van and tried to grab me by my feet. But then all I hear is a whistle and a lady shouting. It took a long time to recover, and as I'm writing this, I cry. But I wanted to see if anyone was like me out there. This is the only time I've ever shared this with the public, apart from my family. So I was about thirteen at the time this happened. It was coming up for my mom's birthday, and I had no idea what to get her. So I called my aunt for help. We agreed to meet in town on Saturday afternoon after my piano lesson, so we wouldn't have to rush. I went to my piano lesson as usual, dropped my books back at the house, and went to the bus stop to get the bus into town. As I was waiting, a taxi pulled up, and the driver rolled down the window and called out, "Are you going to Tunhen? I'll give you a lift." Without moving closer to the taxi, I replied that I couldn't afford a taxi, and the bus would be here in a minute. It was, as usual, running late. The taxi driver became insistent that I get into his taxi, and he wouldn't charge me to go to town. I stood my ground, refusing to get in. His tone became more aggressive as he demanded that I get into his taxi over the next minute or so. Someone else arrived at the bus stop, and the taxi driver sped off. Swearing at me for not getting into the taxi, I told my aunt what happened when I met her in town, and she asked if I had his license number so she could report the incident. I explained that I didn't want to move closer to the taxi to get the number, and that at first I thought he was just looking for a fare. My aunt is pretty sure that if I had gotten into that taxi, I wouldn't have been dropped off in town, but taken somewhere else, and told me next time this happened to tell them screw off or I will scream. And if they try to approach, to run. When I was younger, my dad used to belong to a fancy social club in my city. He took me and my family to an event held at the club around Easter. I remember him talking to this guy that my mom kept complaining about, saying he had bad vibes and she didn't like him. 
The man introduced himself to my dad as Clark Rockefeller, and my dad struck up a conversation with him. I remember my mom complaining about how selfish and rude the guy was in the car ride back, essentially complaining about how he was a Rockefeller and kept bringing that up. Now, none of us thought that much of it at the time, especially me, since I was only eight years old at the time. But I remember one day my mom was looking at the TV and yelped. The man she met at this event was not actually Clark Rockefeller. He was Christian Gerhardt's writer, and he was convicted of kidnapping his daughter and impersonation. Later in 2013, this man was also convicted of the murder of Jonathan Sowis. The creepiest part about all this is that the guy kept telling my dad that he needed to set up a play date with me, my sister, and his daughter, who was roughly the same age, who he ended up kidnapping. So, Clark, or Christian, the convicted murderer, kidnapper, and imposter, who tried to set up a play date for me and his daughter, let's not meet. News about child abductions have become more frequent in my country, so this has led to an old encounter my mom reminded me of when I was a wee lass. This happened when I was about five or six years old. My mother was a dealer for Coca-Cola at the time in the rural regions of my city, so that means she and her fellow employees would be delivering crates of Coke to little villages in the boonies regularly. On this particular day, no deliveries were scheduled, and anything that was to be delivered was done so we were all hanging out at the warehouse. My mom figured since it was the end of the week, let's all go on a little road trip with the crew. Everyone agreed, then one of the crew suggested we go see this new inland resort a couple towns over. It was nothing fancy, just a large area with a few pools, a pond where you can catch your own catfish for meals, and bamboo huts along the side. We all get in the truck, and off we go. We arrive sometime in the early afternoon, and Mom is telling members of the crew what to do. One books a hut, one gets our stuff in order, and someone to keep an eye on me. While I look around, but never wandering too far, I see this older lady, maybe late 40s to 50s, looking at me. I was a friendly kid, so I waved and smiled. She just stared at me, so I told the crew member who was looking after me, in turn, told my mom. She informed everyone to watch out for her, and to make sure someone always has eyes on me. We proceed on merrymaking. I'm swimming in the pool, mom and crew are having a few drinks and eating catfish. This dragged on till maybe 6 to 7 p.m. I stayed in the pool majority of the time, and would just come up for a bite or a drink of soda, but on my last attempt to jump in, I see from the far end of the pool the same old lady. I immediately tell my mom, who looks in her direction and tells everyone we're packing up and going back to the warehouse. We get back and mom requests that three of the guys stay the night at the old house and see if they could stay up one at a time just to be safe. Sometime in the middle of the night, I get woken up to my mom telling me to be quiet and follow her to one of the bedrooms in the back and to leave my slippers so we don't make noise. I ask why, and she pointed outside on the other side of the gate was the same lady. She insists I go in one of the rooms in the back of the house and stay there till she gets me. I follow, and then hear her wake the crew up. I hear them leave the house and confront the lady by the gate with questions like, Who are you? What do you want? How did you follow us? But Mom said she just glared at them while murmuring, and now and then would crane her neck, looking past them as if to look for someone. She eventually leaves, and in the morning I am taken back to the city to my actual house, 
while my mom went back to the town to continue her job and informed the local authorities of the lady. Never saw the lady again. It's been 20 years. This happened a few years ago while I was in my last year of university. I was studying abroad in a Latin America country. There were about 12 students total on the trip, all between the ages of 19 to 22. On our second day there, we split up into smaller groups to explore the old town area. We did have guides on this trip, but they gave us an hour or so to explore on our own. So the four of us, myself, 21 female, Katie, 21 female, Justin, 20 male, and Brian, 21 male, all went to get a drink as soon as we were free from the bigger group, as students that age do. After one drink, we left and on to exploring. On our walk, a couple, maybe early 40s, started making small talk with us. They spoke perfect English, but were telling us that they were local. Red flag number one, as most locals don't speak English very well, let alone without a strong accent. I'm pretty trusting by nature and was in travel mode, so I didn't catch it until later. The couple starts asking us about how our time has been and how long we were there for, etc., then, since we're making small talk, I mention I'm looking for a specific souvenir, and they both immediately jump on it, trying to be helpful. They say they know this great little bar, and they'll buy us all a drink, and tell me where the best place to get my souvenir is. We oblige, and follow them to a bar that doesn't look very tourist-friendly. We go inside, and they buy us all a drink. Then the woman became very pushy about getting me to go with her, to get the souvenir while the group stayed with her husband. I asked her if she could just give me directions or the name, but she insisted on showing me herself. Looking back, I'm not sure how I didn't find them shady yet. I was a bit tipsy and was excited to be in a new place. But Katie and Brian both looked concerned the whole time and barely touched their drinks. Finally, when the couple got up from the table to get another round for me and Justin, Katie said, Guys, I have a bad feeling. I'm putting down cash for the drinks and we're leaving. I was confused, but went along with her. The couple got upset and started asking me to stay alone so I could follow them to the souvenir place. And that's when it hit me. They were trying to liquor me up and get me alone with them in an isolated place. We got out of there fast. Luckily, we never saw them after that, but were worried the rest of the trip that we would. Glad I had someone there with common sense while mine was taking a back seat. This happened to me about six months ago. My boyfriend and me were sitting in the living room of my apartment when I heard a knock at the door. My ex asked if I was expecting anyone and I said no, but I would take a look just in case to see who was out there. He stayed on the couch while I looked through the peephole. The apartment was set up in a way that didn't allow him to see me from the living room to the front door. Outside, there were two people. One young African-American man looked about mid-twenties and a much older Asian woman who looked to be about 60-ish. For some reason, I decided to open the door. When I opened it, the young man says, Hi, we are a part of so-and-so religion, and we would like to talk to you about it. I have a 50-pound dog who is trying to get out, so I said, Sure, hold on, I'll come outside, because my dog is trying to get out. This was a huge mistake. I want to clarify this was a very out-of-character thing for me. However, I had recently become closer to God and was wanting to give these people a chance, as I didn't believe any harm would come by just listening to what they had to say. 
I step outside and close the door behind me and listen to what they have to say. They said something about how they pray to Mary instead of God because she was the one who birthed Jesus. I don't exactly remember, but it was something like that. I thank them for their time and they say something like, but thank you guys, stay safe out there. The Asian woman visibly starts panicking and saying things I don't understand in a different language. When I look to her partner to see what he has to say about her behavior, he says, No problem. Maybe you want a pamphlet, though. I reply, Uh, yeah, sure. Not wanting to be rude, and also to do some research on the religion, as I had never heard of it before. The guy then says, Okay, great, we have them in the car. You can come with us, we parked right in front. This is when I started to feel weird. I lived on the third story of an apartment complex that was really not the best, and there was no cameras anywhere. Why would they leave their pamphlets in the car? If they were going door to door, it wouldn't make sense to have each person they intrigued come down to the car. And the parking spots outside my house were almost all handicapped and no one can park there. The woman grabbed my arm and started directing me to the stairs. In a split second, I said, you know what? I'm Christian and very happy in my faith, but thank you anyway. The woman said something again in a language I didn't understand, and the man goes, Are you sure? We can get it to you fast. We're parked right there. My heart genuinely sank into my butt. I started sweating and looking for ways to remove myself from her grasp and the situation entirely. I know I must have looked panicked, and I was. What do I do? How do I get away from the immediate danger I just put myself in? I wasn't thinking and just blurted out that I was very sure, yanked my hand from the woman who ended up scratching me up from her grasp, and bolted inside. I locked the door behind me and I told my boyfriend what happened. That's when he looked at me with a face I've never seen him make before in my life. He tells me about how that specific religion has been in the news in the last few weeks because women have been going missing. And the only thing they have in common is some of the neighbors saying they had been solicited by the group the same day or around the day of their neighbor's disappearance. I read some articles to fact-check what he was saying, and he was right. The police were saying that it might be in connection to a sex trafficking ring that was moving from neighboring cities and now were suspected to be in ours. It gets weirder somehow. I seriously freaked out and went straight to Facebook Live to share with my friends because I wanted to warn whoever I could. I set the privacy to public after the live stream ended, and I went on with my life, still a bit shaken but I was fine. One week later, I get a Facebook message from someone who is, I'm assuming, a part of that religious group, telling me I needed to take the post down, and she was not nice about it. After I said I wouldn't because I wanted to educate anyone who lives in my town, she told me I was a spoiled egg, and I would regret ever making the video. I was so scared that I blocked her immediately, set the video to private, and called the police. The police said they couldn't do much as I didn't have the make or model of the car that they were in, and there was no proof that they had even come to my apartment or who it was. Here's the part that still freaks me out. When I went to show them the messages from Facebook, I went to unblock that lady, and her page was completely deleted. I still had the messages, but it was like I was talking to a little gray default profile picture. Even the name had changed to something that seemed to be random clicks on the keyboard. I want to end this by saying I'm working on not being such a trusting idiot with people. I know the things I should have done differently and still get upset with myself for how stupidly I acted. 
And so to the religious group slash sex trafficking pair that showed up at my door and the Facebook lady, whatever your motives were, let's not meet again. Edit. The name of the group is God the Mother. And to clarify, I was at my college apartment when this happened. I hope you all stay safe. It's a crazy world out there.